We are looking at the topic of prayer. We're doing that for the next several weeks. I'm not sure how long. We'll kind of play it by ear. My goal for this series is not just to preach some interesting things about prayer. My goal is that three months from now, that many of you would be experiencing much more in your prayer life. Uh, Some of you would be struggling less with your prayer life. Some would be feeling like you're connecting with God more. Some would be, have just expanded your understanding of prayer. My goal is that this would work its way out into our practical lives. And so success of this series to me determines on uh, not how well you like what I say up here, but just how much you incorporate this uh, into your own life. I'm going to begin with a reading. <clears throat> it takes a few minutes to go through it here, but um, I just thought it was an interesting way to uh, introduce this topic this morning. He sat at his oval desk waiting. He waited even though there was a stack of letters to sign, a cable to read, press conference. Looking up from his schedule, he smiled. Yes, there was a lot to do, but first some people were coming some very important people. At least he thought they were very important. That was why he kept inviting them. He longed to hear it was in their hearts, their minds, to talk about how they felt, how things were going, what they needed, and how he could have helped them. Mr. President, said a voice in the intercom, they're here, sir. Ah, send the first one in. The door opened, and a housewife ushered herself in the room. Without acknowledging the president's outstretched hand, she plopped down in a chair and then she shut her eyes. Dear Mr. President, she said, thank you for the birds so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Goodbye. And before the president could say a word, she opened her eyes and walked out. The door opened He sighed, why did it always seem to go like this? He pushed the intercom, next please. And the door opened and a stout man wearing a suit walked in. Again, ignoring his outstretched hand, he began to speak. O thou chief executive who art in the White House, said the man, clasping his hands and looking at the ceiling. O thou in whom so much doth constitutionally dwell, upon whose desk thou hast placed of the greatest blotter, incline thine ear toward thy most humble citizen and grant thy many entities be manifoldly endowed upon this fruitful plain. The president closed his eyes and began rubbing his temples. And may they thou hearkeneth what lead didst thou evermore twain asunder. Excuse me, said the president, but what was with that the man got up seeming not to hear and walked out. Next a man came in, but he could not be seen. And the president looked down, and he was a man crawling through the doorway on his hands and knees. Oh, Mr. Great and awful president, blubbered the man, not looking up from the carpet. I'm but a piece of disgusting piece of filth in your presence. No, I'm less than that. How dare I enter here? How dare I think you would do anything but grind me into the floor? Please get up, said the president, offering his hand. 
No, I deserve only to be squashed under the weight of your mighty desk, he whined. I could never have gotten an invitation to talk with you. It must have been a mistake. How can you ever forgive me for breaking in like this? I am so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, as the man crawled out of the room. Moments later, a young man entered, wearing headphones and bobbing up and down. Hey, Prez, the young man said, ignoring the offered hand. What's happening? He looked out the window. Nice place you have here. I'm like, so glad we could have this little chat, you know. You're not bad for an old dude, I guess. You don't bother me, I won't bother you. Well, I got to go. Hang in there, and he walked out. The president drummed his fingers. Next, please. An elderly man walked in, staring at a piece of paper in his hand. He, too, ignored the president's greeting. Uh, Mr. President, I want there to be a parking space waiting for me when I go downtown this afternoon. And not a parallel place. I, uh, I want one I can drive right into. No parking meter. And see to it that none of those meter maids gives me a ticket. The president cleared his throat. Um, speaking of important, how do you feel about my program to feed the hungry? Oh, and another thing, he continued, ignoring the president. I lost my best golf club, a putter. I can't remember where I put it. Now, if you'll find it, will you help me find it? And by the way, I need it by Saturday. I know you can do that. And with that, the man got up and walked out. At last, a young woman entered slowly. She looked like she was half asleep. Her feet were dragging. She yawned, sat in the chair. Oh, dear Mr. President, she said, her head drooping. I know I should talk to you when I'm awake, but oh, I got so many things to do. I'm so sleepy. There was something I was going to say. What, what was that? With that, she started to snore. The president buzzed his secretary who stepped in, led the young lady out. I'm sorry, sir, the secretary said, but as usual, most of the people you send invitations to said they were too busy to talk. They had to walks, watch TV, wax the car, or do the dishes, or something else. Is there anyone else? Well, there's a child. He's very young, though, Mr. President. Well, send him in. The young man walked in, and his eyes got huge, and he just looked around the room. Wow, are you really the president? The president smiled. Really, I, I am. The little boy sat down, his feet swinging on the chair, and didn't say a word. Aren't you going to say something, said the president? Is there something you want? No? Isn't there anything you want to say? Well, yeah, there is one thing I'd like to say. Thank you for inviting me. That's all. When the president heard that, he couldn't seem to say anything for a little while. All he could do was smile. And then they talked and they talked and they talked for the longest, most wonderful time. You know, prayer is uh, at its foundation. I'd like you to see the definition I mentioned last week. I'm just going to put it line by, there we go. Prayer is communicating to, so in its very essence, prayer is talking to God and and communing with. You know, I, I have a hard time 
defining or talking about prayer as not being with God. It seems to me if God isn't there, you're not really praying. I mean, you might be saying things, but it seems like it's, it's God's presence. We know that God is present. And so I think when we begin talking to God, we become aware of his presence in our lives. And so prayer is not only talking to God, but it's doing in the context of believing and understanding that there's a God who's hearing what you're saying. And notice, who made us for himself. Who made us for himself. That is the... That is your ultimate place of belonging. I think we all want to belong. You need to know that God made you for himself. He didn't make you just to watch you run around down here. He made you for himself. And he is seeking to draw us deeper into a relationship that is personal and intimate. I'd like to do a study sometime on the, uh, the creation story where it says that God breathed it breathed the breath into that man. And that, the picture there is a, a face-to-face, breath-to-breath, almost mouth-to-mouth, intimate relationship into which God breathed life into man. And so, you know, prayer can be asking God to help you on a test. It can be helping you, uh, you know, someone you love with something's going on in your life, something sick and all that. But at its core... At its core, I would like you to think about prayer as entering into a, a much more, uh, a much deeper, more intimate, more personal relationship with the God who made you. Now, a few, uh, last week I said if you had a question you wanted me to answer during this series, I would do that. That's still on the table, so a little tear off in your bulletin. If you have a question that comes up you'd like me to answer, I will address it over the course of this series. So I got nine of them, all right? So, since God is sovereign and knows everything, does it really make any difference if we pray? That's a good question. If God's sovereign, he, does, he knows what he's going to do, does it really matter if we pray? How can I let go of my anxiety and allow God to manage my life when I pray? That's a great one. Here's one. I'm going to have Kurt preach on this Sunday. Can God appeal to our minds and can Satan speak to our minds? We know God can speak. Does Satan have the power to speak to your mind? We project our thoughts to God. Can Satan project his thoughts to us? Can we project our thoughts to Satan, and should we? Do you ever, do you ever project your thought? I mean, can we even do that? Should we even do that? Those, those are some great questions. Number four, how to pray scripture. How do you do that? Uh, one says, how do you pray and stay focused when you're praying? Anybody have a problem with that? Uh, can we pray? How do you pray without ceasing? What does, that, what does that look like in a day? Does it matter if you pray with certain words or can you, just, can you just say whatever's coming out of your heart? Uh, do you pray alone to God or do you pray to the Father? Can you pray to the Son? Is it 
strange to pray to the Holy Spirit? Should we even do that? And the last one, how do you pray with a spouse? Is, is that a good place to start in bringing Christ in the relationship? And what do you do when it just feels really awkward and uncomfortable? Those are some great questions. And so one of the things I want to do in this series is, is to speak to, to those questions. So this morning, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to mention three of the questions that I read. And I'm going to try and answer fully the first one, partially the second one, and then we'll just get going on the, on the third one this morning. We're not going to get all the way through uh, everything we have here, so we'll just go as far as we can. <clears throat> Here's the first question I'd like to just answer. Does it matter if you use words from your heart, or is it, is it important to use certain words when you pray? So let me just say this on the front end. I think it's fine to write out a formal prayer. I think it's fine to, uh, you know, sometimes at these big events, like an inauguration, you'll see people have written their prayers and they've carefully thought through their words and crafted them. And that can be a great exercise to do. Sometimes that's fitting to do. So <clears throat> that's, that's appropriate. However, let me answer this question by, by going to, I'm going to just read here from Luke chapter 18. You can just listen to this or you can, if you'd like to follow along, I'm, I'm going to be in Luke 18. But here's what happens. And listen to this progression because I think Luke is putting the order here for a reason. Now, the fair, there was a Pharisee, this is in verse, chapter 18, verse 11. There was a Pharisee, you can picture this now in your mind, just there's a Pharisee standing by himself and he's praying to God. And there's another guy who's very irreligious over here off to the side. God, I thank you. I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the Pharisee. And he says this, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus says here, you know, the quality you need in prayer is humility. Now, what's interesting is the next the very next story, verse 15, he says, now they were bringing infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to him saying, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom like a child shall not enter it. And so when Jesus here is saying, what does it mean to, be, to pray humbly when you pray? He's saying you can learn something from your kids. Now, those of you, your brother, we all know what kids are like. When they have something, they come, they're incredibly honest, right? They just, they're just, they tell you exactly what's going on. They're honest. Sometimes they just can't quite find the right words, right? 
and they, they're expressing themselves in whatever way they know how to express themselves. I think that's a model for prayer. I think you come to God with what's on your heart, you say it in the words that, that you can express, and I, I really don't think, I think God could care less whether you're using the right words to pray. God knows what's in your heart, and he's interested in honesty and integrity and expressing your heart to God. So to answer that question, I think God delights when you just pray from your heart and you're not concerned about the words, you're concerned about honestly expressing yourself to him. So here's a second question. I'm just going to answer this one partially because it's a very good question. Uh, since God is sovereign and knows everything and has already, already planned, then, you know, does it matter if we pray? Does it matter if we pray? So, we pray for things, and, you know, we know that God's going to do what he's going to do, and so that's a piece of the question. That's a piece of the question. And that's a legitimate piece. If you ask that question, I'm, I'm not in any way uh, being critical of the question here. But I, I want to, we're going to answer that on a different Sunday, but here's what I want to say. If God's sovereign, he knows he has everything planned, then does it really matter if we pray? When some people ask that question, what they're revealing is that they don't really understand what prayer is all about. It's because prayer, if prayer is all about just getting what you want or getting something done, I think, I think it's a very narrow view of what prayer, what we're supposed to experience in prayer. I mean, that's like, that would be like saying to your, uh, that'd be like a wife saying, you know what, my husband's already decided how he's going to get to Madison, so I might as well not talk to him. You know, well, if God's already decided what he's going to do, then why talk to him? Well, you talk to him because there's more to the relationship than just getting to Madison. You can enjoy the conversation. You can, there's other things you can talk about. There's things you can share. And so the point I'm making is prayer is supposed to be this, this uh, a much broader picture. We've got to get past this thing that prayer is just coming and telling God what we want. You know, if that's your concept of prayer, it will be extremely hard for you to even conceptualize praying for an hour. Because what are you going to do? Just keep telling God over and over and over the same things you want. doesn't take long to tell God what you want. It only takes three minutes to get through a list of quite a few things. But if, if your goal of getting together is drawing deeper into a relationship that's deep and personal, if, if your purpose of prayer is to enjoy who God is and to experience that, then prayer has a much broader view to it. So that's a partial answer. At some point, though, we're gonna, we are going to answer that question of God's sovereign and you know, why pray about things that we would like to see done if he's already... You know, why pray for people in Nepal? God already knows who he's going to save. He already knows how he's going to do it. He's got it all planned out. That's a very good question. We'll talk about that. So here's the third question. This is what we're going to take these next 10 to 15 minutes here. How to pray scriptures. 
Now, this is, this is really important. <clears throat> this is really, really important. If, if you don't use the scriptures in your prayer life, you're, you're missing uh, a very significant part of, of prayer and, and, and how God can, can help you in this. I'll, I'll just tell you, for me, does anybody here have this problem that when you pray, you, you have a hard time keeping on track? Does anybody else have that problem? <clears throat> I mean, you know, you're going to start to pray something. This is me now. I'm, I'm going to pray about something, and, you know, I'm, I'm into the prayer about 30 seconds, and then as soon as I bring up a topic, I start to think about it. And now I'm thinking about it, and pretty soon it's like, oh, that's right, I'm supposed to be praying. And I, the last 10 minutes I've been thinking through this thing. I'm a, I'm a problem solver. I'm a strategic person, so if i got a problem, I need to plan it out, right? I need to figure out. And I think, I think the purpose of prayer was to maybe uh, let God do that or help you. And so what I have found is that praying Scripture can help you set the agenda for your prayer time. That's one of the, one of the things about George Mueller, a guy that just saw phenomenal things happen over the course of his life, he averaged, he averaged, it was like, five times, five times through the Bible every year. Can you imagine that? Most of us are really proud of ourselves that we could get through it in a year, Bible in a year. He went through it, I think it was five times a year. And he, he read through it on his knees, uh, and he prayed. He prayed it. He prayed it through. And so he would, he would read a read something, and it would prompt something in his mind, and he'd pray that to God, and then he'd go to the next verse, and he just allowed the Scripture to do that. Now, here's why this is so powerful. <clears throat> when you take the Scripture, and you, you go to a psalm, and, and it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. You read that. Now, that wasn't written to you. It was written to somebody and some, you know, thousands of years ago, but the Scripture says it was written for us. So everything that's in the Bible is written for us. So you go to that, you're reading that passage and, and, and you say, you re, come to that verse and, and you read, I will never leave you or forsake you. So here's what happens. If you're a believer, you have the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God in you takes that verse and he quickens your heart and he enlightens you and he bears witness with your spirit that that is true. Okay, so here's where the miraculous, you know, here's where the miraculous takes place. It's that when you read a passage, the Holy Spirit is going to take that, bear witness, and it's going to be real to you, and you're going to read, I will never leave you or forsake you, and you are going to, you are going to know in your mind and feel in your heart because the Spirit is bearing witness that that's true. And it's as if, you know, when people say, you know, I was having my devotions this morning, and God spoke to me. Well, if you're, not, if you're not used to hearing that, you think, wow, God speaks to you. He never speaks to me. No, he should speak to every. He should speak to you. And one of the ways he'll speak to you is through his word. And so when you read something in his word and you believe it in your heart, God is using his Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word. <clears throat> and you know it's true. Because those words are from God. They're not from somebody else. And that's something you thought up. It was God who said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. 
So, Scripture is just a very powerful, powerful way to pray. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, for these last few minutes, and, and we'll just continue this on next week, I want to show you, over the next two weeks, I want to show you seven different ways to pray. Seven different kind of themes or focuses in, in your prayer time. And I, I think this will help broaden, hopefully it will broaden all of our understanding of all the ways that God would invite us to pray to him. Because they're different. Uh, Foster, Richard Foster, in his book on prayer, it's 21 chapters, 21 different ways to pray. Different kinds of prayer. And so, we're going to walk through these, and we, we're probably just going to barely get through the, the first one. Because uh, the first one has four sub-points here. And as we go through this, over the course of these next few weeks, we have examples of Jesus praying. We have examples of Moses praying. Uh, we have example of Mary praying and Daniel praying and other people praying in the Bible. But we're going to start in the book that has the greatest examples of prayer, and that is the Psalms. And so we'll be going over seven different ways, as I said, that we can pray. So here's the first one. Here's the first one. Acknowledging and praising God's greatness. Acknowledging and praising God's greatness. Do you know that you could spend an, easily, you could spend an hour, you could spend an hour just thinking all the things God has done and all the things that God is and just how, how great that is and all the things God has, you know, we think about in, in, in store. And so, <clears throat> acknowledging and praising God's greatness. And so, what you're going to, as we go through these, I'm going to give you an example of two psalms in which the psalmist is praying along these lines. And so, as we go through these, what you can do is, <clears throat> so for example, the first one here we're going to get into is creation. Psalm 8. Psalm 19. There are other psalms. I've just given you a couple of examples here. And so, Psalm uh, 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you've established strength. When I look at your heavens. Maybe you need to go outside at this point and look up at the heavens. And maybe you need to spend a little time saying, God, this is, this is amazing. This is amazing what you have made. <clears throat> and look at the heavens. When I look at the heavens, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. And then he asks this question. What is man that you are mindful of him? And so at that point, Maybe you just spend a little time just talking to God, just saying, God, this, this is amazing that you made all those stars, and yet I, I am important to you. You are mindful of me. You, you know about me. And, you know, when you look at the stars, you, 
it, it helps you realize how big God is and how great God is. And when you realize how great God is in your heart, God senses that. God's eyes roam to and fro upon the earth and he sees into the hearts of man and, and he takes great pleasure in people whose hearts are saying, wow, God, this is, this is amazing. He does not delight in those whose hearts are sealed off to him, who are in rebellion against him, who refuse to acknowledge that these stars were created by him. And so we see here God's greatness. Psalm 19 is, a, is another great one. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. Day to day it pours forth speech. Night to night it reveals knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words whose voice is not heard. And so, all of creation is just declaring the greatness of God. The greatness of God. Acknowledging God's greatness as you think about creation. Secondly, as you would think about God's sovereignty. As you think about God's sovereignty. Psalm 90. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth. Before you ever formed the earth or the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And you return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, or but as yesterday when it's past. We began to see just God is sovereign over all things. Our destiny, you know, how long all of that is, is part of his sovereignty. Psalm 139, where could I go from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. God, you are, you are everywhere. And so, as we pray and acknowledge that, you know, God is, is sovereign in all things. Here's another one. I love this one in uh, Psalm 103 and, and Psalm 107. Let me just read you. And this, there's about six different examples in Psalm 107. I'll just, pick, I'll just pick one of them up. He's talking about the merchants. He said, some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters, and they saw the deeds of the Lord and his wondrous works in the deep. And then he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves, and they mounted up to heaven, and they went down to the depths, and their courage melted away. And they reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end, and then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them, and he made the storm be still, and the waves and the sea were hushed. Let them thank the Lord for a steadfast love. And he goes over another story of somebody else, and another story of somebody else. And we find that you could, you know, you can praise God for his redemptive works in your life. Every one of us in this room could sit down and scroll back through our lives, and you could scroll through all the times. When the, when the winds came up and the storms came and you were getting desperate and, and God was there for you. And prayer is, you know, it's, it's taking these examples and, and plugging them into your own life. And then, you know, you could, probably, you could probably rehearse and talk through all those things to say, God, I remember the time. I remember the time that I got that you know, I think, I think in my life, I remember the time when I, I got the cancer diagnosis. Oh, my goodness. God, that was so, so hard. And I, you know, now I look back and I just saw how you got me through that. 
and you know how, how you were faithful in that. And I can just walk through my life and, and pray to God, praise for his redemptive, rescuing works in my life. And then there is just general praise. Just praising God for everything that he is, his greatness in all things. The last psalm. Praise the Lord, God. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his deeds. There's, there's like, you know, three different ways you can praise him right there. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in, the, in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet, the lute, the harp, the tambourine, dancing with strings, pipes, cymbals, loud clashing, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This should be a significant part of our prayer time. And it's interesting what happens when you have something going on that you need help with. There's something really interesting that happens when you begin to praise God for his greatness. You know, it's sometimes by the time you're done, those little things you brought don't really seem to matter that much anymore. Or you just have this confidence that as great as God is, that he's, he's got it covered. He's going to take care of it. Or maybe you scroll back through, you know, all these ways in which God was faithful and he's brought you through and now you're in the middle of something else and you're wondering and God will use that reflecting on what he's done to give you courage and faith in your present situation. Well, this morning... <clears throat> Uh, that's the first one, first one of seven that, that I'm, we're going to go through. And uh, we're going to jump back in next week, and we're going to show you these, these other six. But you might want to try this some morning this week. Take one of these, uh, there's lots of different examples here. Pick a psalm, sit down, and uh, just start reading it. And when, it, when it, something kind of grabs you, just stop and, and pray about it. And, you know, maybe you want to just ponder the heavens. Maybe you want to go out and take a walk and, and just spend your whole prayer time just thinking about how big the God who made all this is. This morning, we're going to conclude, and here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> we're going to take, um, we're just going to conclude, and I'm going to invite a few of us to... Uh, to just pray a sentence or two, whatever, of just God's greatness, whatever he brings to your mind. And let's just do that. Let's actually take this psalm this morning and uh, let's just, he takes great delight. Think about that. God takes great delight when we just acknowledge his greatness. So if you have some courage, and you want to just lead out? I know some of you do. I know some of you are scared to death to do anything publicly in prayer. That's fine. Uh, but you should get over that. And uh, so we're just going to take these last three, four minutes, and I'd like us to conclude our service by just us together, just praising God for his greatness. His greatness in creation, his greatness in his sovereignty and his redemptive works, or just generally for who he is. So let's just, let's just conclude and uh, I'll invite some of us to just lead out.
Father, you take 
great delight in these moments. Father, those times when we speak to you and they're just so, uh, you are so great in so many ways. What you've made, the way you are orchestrating through history, your purpose and your redemptive story, no king, no nation, nothing can stand against your sovereign work. And the scores of times that you have rescued us and the times where we don't even know. Father, you are a great and uh, awesome God. And uh, might we often, might we often uh, take the time to ponder that and reflect back to you just your greatness to all of us as as your people. So thank you for this time. Lord, teach us to pray over these next few weeks. Just expand uh, our understanding. Draw us deeper into uh, all the ways that you want us to come to you. And so today we just affirm that that you want us to come and just ponder uh, who you are and how great you are and all that you have done. Thank you for this time, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you. You are dismissed to uh, Connection about 11.45. We have our annual meeting, and so thanks for coming.